So it's just working really smart and being really specific on what actually makes you money in your business. Because quite often we get tied up in doing these little tasks that are really nice, that are yeah. nice touches to have in our business and nice things to do that maybe we do them because we enjoy them, but they're not actually going to generate us any income long term. They're not going to do anything that's going to lead to any income being generated. They're just nice touches. Yeah. And it's about sometimes having to lose those nice touches for a little bit because as much as they're nice, we only have so much time and we need to do the stuff that's going to generate income. Welcome to Millionaire Secrets, where we are pulling back the curtain on what it takes to be a seven-figure entrepreneur, giving you the shortcuts and the wisdom from entrepreneurs who are achieving amazing levels of success today. Proving that no matter what your story is, no matter what your version of success is, you can take the secrets of success and change your own truth, your own reality, and become wealthy financially, yes, but without sacrificing what makes you wealthy in the other areas of your life, what makes you happy, whether that be family, relationships, health, or travel, whatever it is for you. There is no doubt that we are living through abnormal times right now, But history tells us that this is where the next generation of millionaires will come from. Entrepreneurs who choose to see the opportunities and rise above the challenges, creating empires that will make the most impact in response to what's happening in the world. So are you ready to rise up? I am on an absolute mission to show the world, to show you and the next generation of entrepreneurs that they can have both their version of business success and their version of lifestyle success. And it starts now. My name is Bethan Jepson. And in this series, I will bring you amazing guests to reveal their millionaire business and millionaire lifestyle secrets. If you are very much on this journey or you want to be on this journey of pursuing massive success in business, wealth and life, I am giving away amazing bonuses to those who subscribe to the Millionaire Secrets email list at millionairesecretspodcast.com. So make sure you listen all the way to the end of this episode for more information on this. Welcome to episode number 12 of Millionaire Secrets. It is my pleasure to welcome Haley Anderson Richardson to the show. Haley is the definition of an entrepreneur, having successfully started, scaled, and sold multiple businesses, usually at the same time, in her 18 years of entrepreneurship. She is the startup guru and has won multiple awards. As a mum of three, Haley is also very much leading the way in proving that both business success and family success is possible for parentpreneurs. The businesses that she is currently working on, and that's plural, of course, include Employed to Entrepreneur, Red Bear Equestrian, and The Law of Attraction Clique. She also has a fabulous free Facebook community called the Mums in Business Network, which has 4,000 people benefiting from it. This is actually how I first came across Haley, and I'm so glad I did because as you'll hear, this woman is a force to be reckoned with while still being one of the most humble, genuine and caring individuals. We dive into some really meaty topics. So I think you'll find this episode super helpful, especially if you are in the startup phase or if you're a parent struggling for balance. 
Both Haley and I would love it if you shared your top takeaways with us by tagging us on your platform of choice. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, wonderful. Welcome to Millionaire Secrets, Haley. It's lovely to have you with us today. Hiya. So, like we do on every episode, <laughs> we will start with some rapid fire, and which just gives everyone a bit of an idea as to who you are, how you think, and yeah, we'll circle back round to the interesting tidbits that come up. So that sounds like a good plan for you. Perfect. Okie dokie. So... Hayley, where do you live? I'm in North Yorkshire in the UK. And where did you grow up? So literally 10 minutes from where I live now. So I grew up in Harrogate. Okay, so you've literally not gone far then. I travelled around a little bit, but then ended up back here. Ah, uh, do you know what? I think a lot of people do, you know. Yeah. Um, did you have a role model or a mentor that kind of inspired you to go into business? And if so, who? No, but I had lots of them that showed me how not to do it. Which is just as important. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first job and how old were you? Um, I worked in a hairdressing salon and I was probably about 14. Okay. And did it, did it teach you anything that you kind of taken with you to this day? Um, yeah, don't have too many crazy hair colours when you're a teenager because it ruins your hair and you'll regret it when you're older. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> what time do you get up in the morning and what's the first thing that you do um usually between half six and seven because I'm not a huge morning person and it's tends to be sorting the dogs out before anything else mm, nice what's your next big goal um next big goal is launching my next program which is coming out and just surviving Christmas as well in lockdown I think absolutely I think there's definite like business <laughs> personal goals that are both going to be challenging throughout Christmas time <laughs> um what's the bravest thing you've ever done um probably deciding I was going to walk again after being told I was going to be in a wheelchair um so brave or stupid I'm not sure but it worked out <laughs> Wow. Okay. We'll definitely have to come back to that. What's your biggest fear? Um, rodents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everything I could pick. Oh, that is so funny. Is there a particular reason or have you always been scared of rodents? No, I just don't like them. And the kids find it really funny every time they find anything like that to show me because of the reaction they get. <laughs> anything else nothing in business scares me just rodents I love that what are you um what are you finding difficult in your life or business right now um actually it's fairly okay it was lockdown and the whole working with kids at home and business is all changing but I've got into the swing of that so at the moment I'm probably going to jinx it by saying everything's fairly good yeah I think well I think after a while you just have to adapt don't you you just have to <laughs> find yeah just find a way of doing it what's um what's what's been the best day in your business career um best day for me was probably when I realized I had done the right thing by giving up work because I was making more money being self-employed after everyone told me I wouldn't do it I felt like I could just go well actually I have look 
Oh, amazing. Yeah, it's, well, it's uh, something I want to ask you about, actually, because I read that you that you kept your job for quite a long time. Um, so I think that's interesting. So we'll definitely come back to that. Um, what's the worst day in your business been? Um, it's probably been a couple, a couple of businesses that I've sold. I've known it was the right thing to do, but I've still felt a little bit like I was giving a child away because... Mm-hmm. I'd started them, I'd nurtured them, I'd gotten to an amazing stage and they were going on to do, you know, amazing things and they still are. But yeah, it's relinquishing, I like to be in control and it was relinquishing that control of one of my children. Oh, bless, yeah. Yeah, that's a, I'd never thought about it like that. But yeah, I imagine it is quite like giving up a child. And yeah. um, what's something that not many people know about you? Um, probably the wheelchair thing although I do talk about it no one ever seems to really remember I've said it and so yeah I was in a wheelchair for about six months which is what kicked me into eventually giving up the job and just going self-employed and this is a question I've kind of engineered just for you based on doing my research because obviously I know you've you've got lots of different things on the go so I thought it would be a great chance to ask you for like a top time management tip um, actually, it's time blocking and using an online diary. So I am a bit of a stationary geek. And I was one of those people who would make like spreadsheets about different planners so I could make sure I was getting the right one. <laughs> <laughs> I was working in um, a NatWest Accelerator program about four years ago. And they didn't do paper. Everything was like on a computer. And so I had to go to an online diary. And actually that for me has been the best organizational thing because I can literally time block out all of my day and my laptop and my iPad and my phone and everything all connects. Mm. So I know what I'm meant to be doing. So that is probably my biggest tip is just to time block and time block for similar stuff. So if I'm doing content stuff, I'll do content stuff all day so that I can really get into the swing of it. Yeah, no, that's great. That's really useful. And this is the the last question of the rapid fire round, but um, so so my kind of ethos and and why I build my businesses the way I do and why I teach the way I do as well is because I I'm personally on a journey to live my version of success without sacrifice, and I know that's kind of what all my clients are looking for as well. So I was just curious, like, what is your version of success without sacrifice? I just think it's been able to have the balance. I've spent so long when I was in a proper job, as so many people call it, and sort of saying to my kids, you know, I can't come to assembly because of this, or I can't come to this because of this. And so for me, when I first started out, success for me was just being able to say yes. So not necessarily saying yes, because they wanted money spending on them, but just for that time and to have a business that, you know, I can go on holiday with my kids and I don't have to worry that, I'm not making money because I've still got money coming into the business and I can still say yes to doing all the stuff they want to do. That for me, it's just having that freedom. Mm. Oh, I love that so much. That is literally like, yeah, it's exactly why I do what I do. And yeah, I've, yeah, <laughs> I really very much resonate with that. Talk to me about that because a lot of what you do is, or your, your website certainly suggests that you're transitioning, you're helping people transition from that kind of, employee place to entrepreneur so talk to me about your own journey with that like what what was the first business why why did it come about how did it happen tell me the story 
So I had a couple of different ones. Um, the first, first one was actually a network marketing business. Um, I was probably, I think I was about 18, 19, and I loved it. And I did really well, but there was no social media. So we had to like meet people face to face and talk to them on the phones. <laughs> um, and I loved that side of it. And I did really well and I loved it. But then it totally collapsed on me because the company actually went bankrupt and ceased trading. And I very quickly learned overnight that that meant I lost not only my business, I lost all my contacts. I lost the right to trade. So I went and I had another job at the time, but I went from having like two incomes coming in then to having one income coming in. And there was nothing I could do to control that. So I decided from there, I was definitely going to set up my own business where I had total control, but didn't do it for quite a few years. So it was like fast forward, probably 10 years before I bothered again. Um, and it was a sheer fluke. So I had a little bit of a shopping habit and um, <laughs> totally self-confessed. And my husband decided that it was possibly getting out of control. So I decided that the best way would be to set up my own business. So I said, well, if I'm not actually buying jewelry from a shop, if I'm buying it wholesale or I'm making it, then he can't actually complain. So <laughs> I set up a jewelry tailor. <laughs> just to quash my own shopping habit more than anything else. But I absolutely loved every minute of it. And I ended up qualifying in silversmithing and also I loved it. And I ended up actually selling the business sort of several years ago but kept it for a long time and absolutely loved it. And that was like what I call my first proper business. Mm. Um, but I worked up until um, probably about six years ago, maybe, maybe just maybe seven now. Um, I had like a proper job alongside several different businesses um, at the time. And everyone always assumes that you keep your proper job because your businesses aren't making you enough money for you to leave whereas mine was totally the opposite I had two other businesses that were both making me more than enough money that you know I could have left my job but I loved what I did and I didn't want to leave mm. but what I didn't see that having the job and the businesses was taking so much from me personally and so much energy and so much time from the kids and all that sort of stuff and it took my accident for me to realize that actually when it came up for voluntary redundancy and my real job was changing, the hours were no longer quite sociable. And I just thought, actually, now's the time. I keep saying I want to change. Maybe now's the time to make a leap. And I definitely should have done it sooner. Mm, okay, interesting. And why did it take, why did it take the accident, do you think, to, for you to have that epiphany? Was it like, was it the kind of whole like life's too short thing or what was it? <laughs> It was like the life's too short and I think I had so much time off work after my accident as well that I realized that actually there was so much stuff I was missing out on from trying to be everything to everybody I was missing out on loads of stuff that was really important to me and I think it just took that as a bit of a catalyst and then the fact that because of the voluntary redundancies that were going on and all the job spec and everything was changing and I just thought it's not changing to something that's really going to fit in with my family life it's actually going to make my family life harder so it was sort of a now or never. I've said I'm going to change. This has been put in front of me for a reason. So I really have to do it. Mm. And how, like, because I really struck when I was in that place where I had my full time jog and jog job and I was trying to build my business on the side. I really struggled to the point where 
I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to quit the job because I don't see how else I can do this. So I'm really curious, like how, how did you, how did you build not just one business, but two businesses alongside a full-time job? Like I literally can't get my head around this. I did only work part-time in my defense. Okay. I did three <laughs> days. I did long days that I only did three days. So I did have a couple of days at home as well as weekends. Okay. Um, but a lot of my businesses have been online models. So I've not, I say I've not been having to go out and build a business. I still had to go out and build a business, but it was stuff that I could do on sort of evenings when the kids were in bed or I'd get up a little bit before they did and do bits. And um, it was very organized chaos. That's, that's what it was. It was really organized chaos. And you've just got to be driven and determined and if you want to do something. I loved everything I did. So I didn't see it as work. Yeah. If I hadn't enjoyed something, I think that's where the stress and the strain would have come and I'd have probably have stopped something sooner. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting point there. Yeah, if you if you don't see it as work, then well, it's, it's perspective, isn't it? It's the yeah. energy, you find the energy easier than if it's like this, it's like almost like the word work has a negative connotation attached to it that automatically drains you of energy. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's yeah, exactly. yeah, okay. So when, when did your when did your accident happen then? Talk to me about when, how that came about. Um, that was seven years ago, nearly eight, eight years ago in November. Okay. Um, so it was a horse riding accident. We've got horses. It was a horse I was looking at viewing. Um, I'd practiced for like nearly 30 years falling off properly. I didn't manage to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> One time I needed to do it. So I didn't, I fell off. I, um, shattered my pelvis so if you imagine a polo mint hit it with a hammer that was what I managed to do to my pelvis I damaged my back I damaged my legs various other bits and um, put myself in a wheelchair so I did it totally properly and um, but it gave me an opportunity to change so much as well and it's given me so many opportunities since that have come up because of that I'm a great believer in sort of the law of attraction and things happen for a reason and the universe has a plan and actually the stuff that's happened since, if I hadn't been through that, I would never have had the opportunity to be part of. Mm. Can you give me an example of something where you believe? So, yeah, I get to work. I'm now a spokesperson for a charity, which was set up by my surgeon. And the people that I've met through that have been absolutely phenomenal. You know, the opportunities to go and help within their lives. I would never have got the chance to do stuff like that. Mm. I during my recovery because I was so adamant that I was we'd recently bought an old Victorian house the stairs were not going to fit a stair lift I'm really really super stubborn <laughs> and I decided you know none of this sort of fitted so I was definitely going to horse ride again I was definitely going to walk and um, and one of the biggest things that they'd said to me was the one thing that will make the difference between you recovering fully and you not recovering is your own mindset and so because of that I then decided again that all or nothing mindset I was going to do everything. So not only was I going to read the books, I was going to do the courses, take the qualifications. <laughs> I did so much on it. Um, but that side really helped because I didn't realise how much that would then have an impact on my business. So my business grew tenfold because of all of that stuff that I did. Mm. I probably wouldn't have done in such depth had it not been for the accident as well. So it's had such a knock-on effect in various areas. Mm. And... and yeah I find the mindset aspect fascinating because I actually started my business off the back of a serious injury as well and so I kind of 
obviously I know it's my experience um you know obviously I don't know if it was exactly the same but I just remember there being like such it was almost like like a grief like going through grief where there's like various stages and like (laughs) I remember there being times when I well towards the start and I couldn't see past it yeah I really struggled to I really struggled to get my head around it and maybe that was a good thing because I think I had a similar thing where I wasn't willing to accept some of the maybe the (laughs) realities of my situation and then I kind of felt like maybe yeah then I could like kind of not choose but I don't know I just felt like I had more power than they were telling me I had did you feel like something similar yeah definitely and it was never even a thought when they kept saying to me you know you might not do this and you might not do this and you might not do this again it just I wasn't even prepared to entertain it it was like no because I've got this plan this is how life was this is how it needs to be because like my kids were small at the time I was like this doesn't fit everything I've got planned this doesn't fit with it whatsoever and so it wasn't even a thought that I was prepared to entertain every time they told me things I was like no it's not going to work like that this is how it's going to be there wasn't even like a doubt that it wouldn't work out like that so I think that was possibly my own version of not facing up to the reality of what could have been Mm. but in another way I think that really helped Mm. yeah and I think it's interesting because you kind of almost decide like failure is just not an option because failure is just unacceptable like failure is a wheelchair so and do you feel like do you feel like you have a similar attitude in like in your business like where you've just made the decision that you know failure or that scenario is just not an option or do you think it translates I think it does definitely and I think sometimes you don't see it as well I know we've just been away this weekend for my husband's birthday and we were chatting about something else and he he sort of said to me you know it's you can see it when you're at work because you'll say this is going to happen and it doesn't matter what gets in your way you'll just find a way to make it happen it's like you can't accept that that might not be the outcome Mm. I don't see it quite as strongly as the people from the outside do so yeah it definitely does translate in because it makes you realize what's possible Hmm. And have you all like would have you always been like that where you've just been able to make a decision and then just like go like put your head down, go for it? No, or definitely not. Oh, really? <laughs> I've always been stubborn. And if somebody said to me, You can't do something, I've always gone out to prove them wrong. It didn't matter what it was. Hmm. But I think I've I've never had the drive and determination within work that I've now got. Um, and realised how much is possible but there's definitely always been that stubborn determined streak Mm, okay interesting yeah so when do you think when do you think it started to become more of like a like a business mindset like when do you think it kind of was it after the accident or was there something else I think once I realised how much success was possible so my businesses had always done well But I think it was after the accident. I think a lot of it was the mindset stuff. And once I realized what that could help me achieve and saw how much, I say for a fairly small amount of mindset work, it isn't, but you don't realize you're doing it once you get into the habit of it. Mm. So I think once I'd realized how much that could grow and the businesses could grow and could really change, I think that's where the change really came about, where I saw what could be possible if you just got in that little bit more. Okay, interesting. And what, now with your kind of current mindset what what is possible now like what do you see is like like what's your vision now for like what's possible if you like 
I just think if you've got the right determination, the right drive and the right belief that you can do anything. So, you know, I decided we were meant to be, or I was meant to be purchasing a business just before lockdown happened. Um, and it was, wasn't a huge business, but it's just something that I've got an interest in. I'd always thought I'd love to have business in this industry and it fell through at the last minute. But because I then got my heart set on that, that was it. I could not, I had blinkers on, I couldn't see anything else. So during lockdown, I set up a whole new brand, got suppliers sorted, got a business sorted, launched. Wow. It took a lot longer than it should have done pre-COVID. It would have been quite a quick thing. It really wasn't. But if you've got the right mindset and the right drive to do something, you can achieve anything you want to do. It's just having that right mindset in the first place. Hmm. I see. I love that you were instead of instead of you buying the business, you're like, right, I'll just go make it myself then. <laughs> Everyone else around me was going to realise what's going on in the world at the moment. Is this the right time? Mm, that's such a yeah yeah well that's something I've heard so many times like the past few months like is this the right time what's your what's your take on that question I don't really think there is one really (laughs) (laughs) someone says is it the right time to get married is it the right time to have kids I don't ever think there really is a right time and if you stick around waiting for the right time you'll probably never do something because we're so good at talking ourselves out of doing stuff yeah we're so good at making ourselves self-doubt that if you give yourself enough time, you just wouldn't do it in the first place. So yeah, definitely isn't a right time. Yeah, no, there's never a right time. <laughs> no, I think, so the reason I ask that is because um, I sometimes feel like taking action is more of a, or it's probably more productive to be more, like to be a habit than a decision in a way. Yeah, definitely. And when, yeah, so if it's like a habit, you do it regardless of the time because the next yeah. step is just to take action. But if it's, yeah. it seems like this big decision you've got to make, then yeah, you'll always find something else that's, yeah, more of a priority. Yeah, you put yourself out of it and find something else to do instead. Exactly, yeah. Um, so from obviously reading up on you and, you know, I'm part of your uh, Mums in, is it Mums in Business Facebook group? Yeah. Mums in yeah. Business Network, yeah. That's it, Yeah. Like, you know, I've, I've, I've followed you on your journey over the past couple of months. And um, I'm just, I, to be honest, when I was reading, I was blown away by just the sheer volume of like business. Um, I don't know what, what the right term is, but not like transactions, but almost like, so you see an opportunity, you start a business, you you obviously grow that business and then you make a decision at some point that the business, you know, you the business you've reached the end of the journey with this business or this for whatever reason the business is now it's you know the time is right to sell it how do, how do you even like what is the decision making process in that like in terms of like the life cycle of a business like how do you yeah how do you like make those decisions so some of them it's been purely like a time so my jewelry company and um, it was purely a time thing it was so big busy like October to January I was so so busy that it just wasn't feasible with my kids anymore I wanted to take my kids to these Christmas events not be at the Christmas events mm-hmm. and so for me it was just the fact that it had run its course with that I wanted Christmas back with my family okay and um, so that decision I've had another couple where I just fell out of love with them you know I, I really loved the business when I set it up 
I loved it all the way through and there was just and I don't even pinpoint moment there was just a moment where I thought I don't love this it doesn't have me jumping out of bed it was meant they were making money there was just the spark had gone mm. and quite a few of the businesses that I've sold in like what I call accidental businesses they're not businesses I ever intended to set up they are ones that were set up purely by accident usually and um, that came about just in weird and wonderful ways. So there were never things that I'd ever intended to do anyway. And um, so several of them have just been because the spark's gone. And um, I sold another one again because it had just got too time consuming and it was never something that I intended to be a business. And I knew the potential it had. It was already making a lot of money and it had massive potential. And it worked at the right time and it needed taken forward by somebody else. So that was why that one went. There's never a logical reason for me of mm -hmm. how long a business would stay with me I've got a couple that I know I will never ever let go okay. um but yeah there's never particularly a logical reason it's always more of an emotional decision for me mm, that's so interesting yeah because I think from what we've spoken about so far talking about like how you can talk yourself out of things or if it's not automatically a habit or like a you know if yeah if it's if it's a logical decision or if you if it's too in your brain then it then it's kind of like sabotaging in a way <laughs> so that's interesting what you're saying that you you're making decisions from how you feel rather than how you think yeah they've all been emotional and that's sort of what the reason why I've let them go I've known it was the right time to let them go mm. and thankfully they've always sold quite quickly <laughs> otherwise I might have second guessed myself and ended up keeping them and um, but they have all sold quite quickly I saw that um I saw on one of your videos you talked about um that you'd had coaching and that you had done some kind of you'd been in some you know mastermind groups and things so how how long have you had coaching and how much of a role would you say it's played in your kind of journey? Um, it's probably played a good and a bad role in my journey, to be honest. Okay. Um, fairly early on, I had two very lovely coaches, um, but totally not the right ones for me. Totally the wrong business decisions, took my business in the wrong direction, cost me a lot of money and um, a lot of lessons learned. Oh, wow. Um, however, I then didn't have any particular business coaching or mentoring for quite a long time because I was very, very wary of finding the right person mm. because I thought the last two were the right. And I was like, well, how do you even go about this? And I ended up um, on an awards program for entrepreneurs, which part of it was you got a free coaching and mentoring with somebody who had been extremely successful in business that they decided to pair you with so I thought well we'll go along and I'll see see what it's like and see how good it is I'm thinking you know this person's made an awful lot of money they're extremely successful they're going to be really really valuable to my business you know you couldn't even buy your way into a coaching and mentor you had to be invited right so I went in with really high expectations um, and again didn't didn't have the best experience this is not sounding good for coaching really is it um, didn't have the best experience because um, he decided that I was too strong and independent to work with him. Oh my gosh. 
which I took as a compliment. I was, I took that very, he did offer to help in any other way he could, but said he didn't feel he could coach or mentor me because he felt I was too strong and independent. Wow. So I left feeling actually, do you know what? And maybe that means I don't need a coach. Maybe that means I don't need anything else. Yeah. Um, and this got back to the accelerator program that I was part of. And they said, look, I just, I think you could benefit from something. I just think we need to relook at how this is. So they had another mentorship scheme, which they had um, a part of, where the people who were in them had nine to five jobs. They weren't entrepreneurs, um, but they had had a lot of training to support entrepreneurs. And so I thought, Do you know what, I'll give it a go. Okay. You know, they support businesses, they help grow businesses, they just have never been in that position. And it was the best thing I have ever done. Oh, wow. Uh, and it was really weird to be working with somebody who had never been in my position, um, but had helped lots of businesses become super successful, but had just never been in the driving seat of a business. But it was also great because they gave me a total different perspective. Yeah. And they came at it totally different viewpoint. They were able to bring a totally different kind of logic. And from that moment forward, like my trust in coaching and mentorship was just totally back. Um, and from then on, I've actually had coaches and mentors more or less consistently in my business. Yeah. And I now always would, but I now know what I'm looking for. Okay. And it's just finding the right thing for you. So I've worked with, you know, various coaches where I've been won over by, you know, their amazing Facebook spiel and we can make all this money and we can do this and this and this, and this is what I can do. Um, and then I've seen behind the scenes and thought, actually, this isn't right for me. Mm. So I've been really, really careful in who I've worked with. And I've made sure I've really done my due diligence and checked them out. And I've done the free calls and I've made sure that we are really aligned to work together. Yeah. Um, but I would always have a coach in my business. It's just finding the right one. But I do chop and change them. I don't always stick with the same ones. I do change them every now and again. Because yeah. I think you need that variety to give you a different perspective as well. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Because I'm the same. I always have, I have a big variety of people that I work with um, for that reason, because it gives that different perspective. And um, and I think it challenges you in different ways and um, yeah, in different kind of growth, like different areas of growth within you. But that's interesting that you've kind of had to figure out your kind of what, what makes a good coach for you so would you mind sharing like how you identify now who 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 is the right fit for you yes I tend to first and foremost I always book a call in with them yeah um because I think really important to be able to get to know their energy as well and to know that you're aligned with both wanting the same things I always scout them out online um I used to try and sort of search them online and see if I could find reviews and things, but I found a lot of those quite fake. Okay. Um, so I no longer do that. I tend to try and be within either their Instagram or their Facebook community or wherever it is they mainly hang out. I'll try and be within their community. If they, a lot of coaches have do challenges and free or freebies, things you can sign up to. I will sign up to those as well and see the quality of what they're sending out. Yeah. Because um, if they're not the right quality for me, then it's not the right thing. Um, I also look for what they've achieved. Mm. So it's not always that I'm looking for a coach who's made the money that I'm going to achieve. 
it might be that they've launched a program that's similar to the program that I want to launch or they've made a transition in the same way I'm looking to transition so as long as they've done the similar sort of stuff as well because I find that puts them in a better area to be able to advise me yeah um so yeah lots of different things but it depends what it is that I'm looking for at that time but the most important thing for me is that we've got a similar energy and we connect well Mm, okay now that's a really good answer yeah I think I think it's important to have that that little kind of uh checklist of (laughs) you kind of then you know it's not just like an impulse decision like you or you know you've not got like wrapped up in the hype if you've literally like you've literally like yeah you've you've watched them for (laughs) however long and you've you've read everything and you know you know what I mean like you've spoken to them like you kind of know then you can really trust your decision yeah and I think then as well as soon as I make a decision that I'm going to work with somebody as soon as I start to think yeah this is the one I sign up straight away yeah because otherwise I will talk myself out of it especially coaches aren't cheap yeah you know you you don't usually get a cheap coach so it's money to invest and I think it's really easy to talk ourselves out of it or think there must be somebody better. Yeah. I'll just wait and see who else comes up. So as soon as I make the decision, I do it. Um, and I try and stick away from the ones that make these really big flashy claims online. Because mm. I just think if you're really good, word of mouth will do its own job. You don't need to make all of these huge exorbitant claims online to get people in. Yeah, no, that's true. No, that's really helpful. Thank you for sharing that because I think... Um, yeah I think it well as I say I, I've personally felt a lot of benefits from from having coaches and it's funny because I don't actually feel like I've ever had a bad coaching experience so that's I've yeah so I found that really interesting what you were saying you still you know I learned loads from sort of the more negative experiences in some yeah. ways I learned more from those positive it was just a costly way to have those experiences yeah no I yeah to be honest yeah no I can see that yeah, some of the lessons you you learn in a slightly different way yeah. than you anticipated. Exactly. <laughs> oh dear. Um, and how, like now, because I know, um, I know your kids are getting a little bit older now. Because your oldest is, is it seventeen or eighteen? He's eighteen now. Yeah. Eighteen. Yeah. How has the businesses and the way that you've run them kind of evolved with your family? Because obviously you know family's a big motivator for, for I think most people how how have you found that kind of over the years um I don't think it particularly gets any easier I think mine are now 10 14 and 18 okay um, and I don't think it particularly got I think I expected there to be like this huge epiphany moment where they'd start school and it'd be really easy and it'd be great yeah um and that moment never truly arrived what's got easier is when they started school I've got school hours okay and to work in but then you get drawn into this whole like mum cycle where you go for a coffee on a morning and then you don't end up working or you think Mm. I'll put the washing on and all of those sorts of things instead so it's not as easy as what I thought it was going to be once they went off to school but it is easier in the way that I have school hours um but I the way I try and work is I try and get as much of my work as possible done within either school hours or when they're in bed term time and then I can take as much time as possible off during the school holidays so during school holidays I tend to work like one full day okay where they usually go to work with my husband I'll have like one solid day where I'll have clients in all day and then everything else I try and do on a morning before they get up so I try to be really really super organized during term time so I can have a little bit more time off in the 
holidays because I just think you need that balance mm. and for me trying to work when kids are at home because they're older they seem to have got louder <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> they put like a headset on to talk to their friends on the playstation or the xbox their yeah. volume goes up by about a million decibels <laughs> and you can hear them vibrating around the house mm. so in my mind when I also thought you know what they'll be okay because I can say you know you can have a little bit of screen time while I do a little bit of work mm. it doesn't work anymore because their screen time now is so loud yeah. <laughs> so it's just different challenges as they get older mm. yeah because I mean I'm mega family orientated and I don't have kids of my own yet but I've literally been making plans for that time for like the past few years because I'm so like it's just something I really really want for myself um and I'm I'm not I say nervous isn't isn't probably the right word but I feel like I I'm slightly yeah I'm I'm slightly uncertain as to how because at the minute, you know, I, I get up and I work like a working day and it's kind of very uncomplicated. Um, but I know my priorities are going to change and I want my priorities to change. Um, so I guess I guess I'm I guess I'm really trying. Yeah, I, I'm personally trying to figure out like how. How. I guess it will work like will my will I have to change the way I focus or like will I have to change the way um well, clearly I'll have to change the way I structure my day. Do you, do you remember that transition when, when, you know, you were fine, trying to work around the family and I don't know, does, yeah. I don't know if that makes it's, any it's sense. <laughs> yeah. Working really smart. That's what I found. So I think yeah. like, I'll do it now when I know like I've got a full day where I can work on the business, I'll get distracted. So I'll flick onto Facebook to put a post on mm. and then like half an hour later I'm still flicking on Facebook and I haven't put a post on right because I'm not distracted or I'll go in to answer an email and then I'll end up doing something else and I think when you've not got the constraints of you know nursery runs and school runs or kids sleeping and all that sort of stuff it's really you know you can get distracted by something and lose half an hour an hour and it's not really a huge issue because you just catch back up later on mm. But that was the biggest thing for me was getting really focused on the fact that if I lost an hour, that would mean that that hour I was making it working with the kids. And right. that was really hard. You know, when they're coming in and out and asking you questions, even when they're older, you get distracted and then you can't focus on what you need to do. Mm. So this is one of the reasons that I found time blocking so useful because I could literally go, right, OK, this is what I'm doing today. So I'm just writing blogs today. And I would I'll schedule all my social media, even if I do it the night before, before I go to bed, I'll schedule my social media posts for the next day. So I've got no reason to go on social media and get distracted because that's mm. my problem yeah. is click on social media. And an hour later, I'm like somebody's aunt's granny's brother's friend down <laughs> the line. And I've done that thing. Yeah. So I schedule all that. So I literally have nothing to do other than what I planned or if I know I'm going into a group to deliver training and I'm just doing videos all day, I will literally just do videos and film stuff that I know I've got coming up all day mm. so that I'm in the space. Cause I find I'm more productive if I do that Yeah, and I can block stuff in. So if I've got two hours where I don't have kids, I will do tasks that I know I can get done in those two hours. Mm. So it's just working really smart and being really specific on what actually 
makes you money in your business because quite often we get tied up in doing these little tasks that are really nice that are nice touches to have in our business and nice things to do that maybe we do them because we enjoy them but they're not actually going to generate us any income long term they're not going to do anything that's going to lead to any income being generated they're just nice touches yeah and it's about sometimes having to lose those nice touches for a little bit because as much as they're nice we only have so much time and we need to do the stuff that's going to generate income so it's just been super focused on what you need to do as opposed to what you want to do Mm, interesting okay and do you like do you have like a team that you can outsource the stuff that you know it's probably doesn't need you like the business owner to be doing like do you have do you have a team that kind of supports you up until covid hit um i had freelancers that supported me with various bits okay since covid not so much because they've not been doing as much work okay and they've not been taking on as much but because i'm a little bit of a control freak (laughs) Um, I think to be an entrepreneur, you've got to be like that in a, to a degree. Yeah. There's only certain people that I trust doing some stuff. So I'm now starting to think that actually maybe next year I am going to employ somebody because then I can relinquish sort of a group of tasks to one person rather than relying on freelancers. That's worked for me up until now. Yeah. Um, but I think COVID's just shown that when you're working with people who are freelance, it's not always the most reliable way. Um, and because I've got a few different businesses, it would be really handy to have one person that I could delegate a whole bunch of stuff to rather than a whole bunch of people that I'm delegating little bits to. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been interesting. It's been nice for me as well to get back into doing everything for the business because I think sometimes we lose touch of little bits and it's easy to outsource stuff that we don't necessarily enjoy as much or stuff that we don't understand as much. Yeah. But it's really important because it's our business to understand everything, even if it's stuff you don't enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I think that's such an important point because I hear it so much, like just outsource what you don't enjoy. And maybe that does work for some people, but I personally don't feel like that works for me. Like I feel like it's almost the stuff I don't enjoy is the most important stuff to focus on sometimes because it, it, it's probably an area of weakness or it's probably an area that's holding me back. What, what do you think about that? I think even if you don't enjoy it, that's fine to outsource it as long as you understand it. Yeah. So the biggest thing for me was I outsourced my first website. No, second okay. website. The first website I built on a free site and that was fine. But as my businesses started to grow, I took on some tech help. I had a, bit, a website built for me and it was beautiful. I didn't know very much about websites at this point. Um, but it was very pretty. It did everything I wanted it to do. And it was lovely. Uh, and it cost me a lot of money. And about a year down the line, probably not even that. Mm. Because of industry invo- revol- revolvement, uh, because of industry development and various other bits, my business model had changed. And the way I was working in my business had changed. But I couldn't go in and change my website. Yeah. Because it's how it was. And the platform it had been built on that I'd agreed to meant it wasn't very easy to change it was going to be really expensive yeah and so I ended up deciding that the best thing for me was to scrap the website which was a huge decision and I was going to learn to build it myself so I literally learned to build a website off YouTube yeah I've learned to build WordPress websites and ever since then I've always built for all of my businesses I have built every single website 
because I feel I need to know how to do it. And I outsource little bits of it now. And, you know, I've there's one particular website that I've built for a business and I need some other bits doing to it. And they're fiddly little bits. They're going to take me days, but will take somebody else probably two hours. Yeah. And so I'm going to outsource those, but it's not that I don't know how to do it. I know how to do them. I just know it'd be more productive with somebody else doing it. Yeah. So it's really important because it stops you as well wasting money because I know how long that particular piece of work will take somebody who does it as a living. Yeah. So I know then when they give me a quote, if I'm getting a good price. Yeah. Whereas it's really easy if you don't know, if I didn't know how to do that, somebody could come to me and say, oh yeah, it's going to be, oh, probably at least a day's work, maybe two, depending on that, if this crops up and if this crops up. And I'd be none the wiser. I'd just be like, yeah, amazing. Just get it done. I just need it done by Saturday. Yeah. Whereas I know how long that's going to take. So I know if I'm getting a good deal. So that's the other reason it's really important to know everything within your business and how it operates is to know that it's being done properly. Hmm, yeah no I think that's such a valid point especially on the website side of things because <laughs> I've had a very similar experience myself so. <laughs> yeah so I'm the same now I build I build all my own websites sales funnels landing pages everything all the tech side of things I pretty much do myself because I just know like you need to change you need to change and edit things fairly regularly yeah. and if you don't know how to do that then you've got a, that's a problem <laughs> exactly you've got to be able to do all of that stuff and you've got to be able to know that you're doing it properly and whoever's taking it on from you as well is doing it properly mm, yeah I, I mean this is probably going to be one of the final questions because I'm conscious of the time but I feel like I, w- I want to ask this question because I think everyone's going to be thinking this how because one of the challenges I found with running multiple businesses is it is the focus thing especially from a marketing perspective because you obviously you know we all have our personal brands like we have our you know our who we are on online so you know and me for instance like because I found it's too time consuming to have like multiple Instagram accounts or multiple Facebook accounts or whatever like I build from my personal brand and I communicate what I'm what I'm doing um various different businesses but I find that's quite I've been up and down with this because from a customer's point of view like is it confusing is it does it make sense like what's your kind of thoughts on marketing multiple businesses like how do you like how do you how do you do it I used to market them all from one um but I found my customers got confused because even like one two of my businesses were sort of very similar in some ways and very different in another but I felt there was a lot of synergy with them so I kept them together but I found that clients were getting really confused and it was like one day I'm doing this the other next day I'm doing this and then I had my personal brand where I was going well I own this business and this business business." (laughs) yeah and it was a bit like all over the place so then I moved on and decided actually everything needs its own social media and that was fine but I ended up with so many social media accounts that was just a full-time job in itself yeah so I've now streamlined it a little bit and what I've done is I've gone through the individual businesses and figured out which platforms work best um so I've got one business which is purely on Facebook because it doesn't work anywhere else right Um, but that makes it easy for me because I've got one platform for that business. Yeah. I've got, God, this is where I'm going to have to list all the businesses now. <laughs> I've got 
I know the business, which again, it was awful on Instagram, it, but it works really, really well on Facebook and in Facebook groups. So again, that one's just on Facebook. Um, and I've got another two businesses. One of them is split between Instagram and Facebook at the moment. So I am currently posting on both. Um, I'm posting different content on both to see what works, but eventually that's quite a new business. And eventually that one will probably go one way or another. Okay. Um, and then I've got another business, which is Instagram all the way. It's, you know, it's Instagram is amazing. And that's where all my sales come from. I have a Facebook page because I feel I need to for like SEO purposes and all that. But I just cross post whatever's on my Instagram over to my Facebook po- my Facebook page there's no huge amount of different content but it's there because I feel it should that business should have one yeah Not, it works so I've just really concentrated on what platforms work for each individual business rather than feeling like I need to be everywhere yeah and that for me seems to have worked a lot better hmm. because I'm just speaking to my clients where my clients are rather than trying to be everywhere yeah and it means that I've probably got half the social media um, and I plan out all my social media content beforehand anyway. So I know when I go on to do it, I'm just posting what I've already got planned and what content's already there. Um, but I'm posting it, like I said, in probably half the number of places because I'm just concentrating on where it works for that business rather than trying to spam everything. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense, actually. You know, yeah, like, because it's the equivalent of, yeah, it is focusing, isn't it? You're just focusing on yeah one platform with one with that particular business that what product or service it is to that one audience (laughs) and yeah and I guess that's how you find focus then when you've got multiple things multiple things going on so yeah more clarity you're able to speak to your audience rather than trying to speak to one audience about everything that you do yeah you're better off speaking to a smaller audience who are really targeted hmm Okay, well, do you know what? This has been a really, um, has been a really interesting conversation. Um, so thank you, thank you so much, Haley, for for the time today. I always finish on this question because um, I think it's interesting to kind of see everyone's different points of views. But I would love to know, obviously, based on your experiences and what you've seen and what you've achieved and what you've still, what you've still got, you know, what got to come, what what is your millionaire secret Hayley? Um probably and I've talked about mindset loads I feel like I have anyway um probably drive and belief mm. because if you believe that you can do it and you've got the drive to do it you will find a way of doing it if you give in you know the number of times I've had people go you're going to do what really that's how you're going to make money do not feel you should just go get a job and you know if you listen to all that stuff and let it take over your mind you will really quickly start to self-doubt yourself and self-sabotage and you won't achieve it so you've just got to have a hundred percent belief in whatever your business is and just go for it and know that you're going to achieve it at all costs it doesn't matter you're going to be able to do it because if you've got that belief you'll find a way to do it ah do you know what I think that is so crucial like almost to the point where I almost feel like there's a point when belief becomes cert- like it's certain. So it's, I feel like belief, I feel like there's, there's room for interpretation on belief, but with certainty, <laughs> it's like, no, there's, there is no other alternative. Like you have to like be certain. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I was just chatting to one of my clients before I came on here 
And I was saying to her, I was like, just expect it like it's already your reality. Yeah. It's already there. You're just on your path to get to it. It's waiting for you already. And it's having that sort of total non-wavering, it's already there waiting for me, belief that that's what's going to get you to where you want to be. Mm. That's what's going to make you know you can achieve it. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I think that's such good advice. <laughs> Oh, and actually final final question um where can people come to find you follow your journey see this new program you're launching where can where can we direct people amazing so you can either come over to my facebook page which is Haley anderson richardson coaching you can check out the groups that we mentioned earlier on which is mums in business network or if it is purely mindset stuff that you want to know and learn about, um, you can also find me at the Law of Attraction Clique. Thanks for listening to this episode. The secrets discussed in this episode, we don't want you to keep secret. We want you to go out there and share them. If you know someone who you know needs to hear this message of inspiration, please share this episode with them. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, I would be super grateful if you could leave me a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Also now as a bonus with every podcast episode released, those who subscribe to the Millionaire Secrets podcast email list will A, immediately receive the Millionaire Secrets success checklist, 12 easy to implement daily practices, which guarantee success in business. More importantly, subscribers will receive bonus content either from our speakers or related to the topics our speakers talk about to give you the advantage on your journey. Head over to millionairesecretspodcast.com and subscribe to receive the step-by-step worksheet and other bonuses, including, of course, the Millionaire Secret Success Checklist, 12 easy to implement daily practices which guarantee success in business approved by millionaires for future millionaires thanks again for listening to millionaire secrets and don't forget knowledge is only power when you take action on it i don't want the secrets in this podcast to stay secret for long so go away implement the advice given in this podcast and let me know your results tag me on instagram with what you're getting up to and what's made the most difference See you soon, guys.